You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Genesis 22 is a phenomenal, phenomenal chapter, especially the first 19 verses. It deals with, straight up going to tell you, spoiler, it deals with Abraham and Isaac and his, Abraham's test of faith and Isaac's test of faith in giving his life back to God again. And the scripture opens up in verse number one of Genesis chapter 22. And this right here, this verse of scripture, is relevant to every person in this room, no matter what age. It says this, and sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Have you ever had your faith tested before? Four of you have. Have you ever, ever deep down felt in your heart and in your soul that, my goodness, my faith is just, I'm being tested. This is tough right here. I'm struggling on what I want to do and what I know I I should do. That's a real struggle. Somebody once said the struggle is real. That's a real struggle when you're struggling with what you know you need to do, but you know what you feel like you want to do. And Abraham, his, his faith is tested. That word rightly interpreted just means proved. Brought to life. Put on display. And that's the measure of faith that we all have and we all ought to embrace. And if we have a faith worth living for, then that faith is going to have to be called to the mat and put on display. That faith that you possess to believe in and you live for and you worship about, that's going to be called out to be put on display to actually prove that that faith is legit, that it's real. A faith that's worth being put to the test is a real faith worth living with and worth living for. Listen, if you want a faith that is never tested, you don't want a faith, you want a fairy tale. If you want to believe something that will never, ever taste the sting of a trial, you don't want a faith. You want a fairy tale. You want a perfect run at it. I do too, don't get me wrong. But that's just not real stuff. Abraham brought himself to a point where his faith was tested. But if you were to read up into this point in scripture, you would say the guy's faith had been tested multiple times up to this point. But this right here, this is, this is the ticket. This is Abraham's like huge test of faith. And his obedience was going to do something that he didn't like. The request that God was going to put forth to Abraham was going to push him past the limits of what he felt comfortable with. And that's faith, mission point. 
when you're willing to walk hand in hand with Jesus past the point of what you're comfortable with. And do you feel comfortable with that statement or not? To push past Abraham's limit that he already had in place up until that point, he had to trust God. And believe you me, everybody, and you know it as well as I do, trusting God is easier said than done. To truly trust God means this. We're past our own comfort and control. You no longer call the shots, and you're literally trusting God. And Abraham's, Abraham's trust was to be weighed in the balance against common sense, human affection to his son, and lifelong ambition of being the father of Israelites. In fact, everything earthly was challenging his faith. Sometimes, some, is this all right? Sometimes trusting God, everyone say trusting. Sometimes trusting and obeying God looks and sounds and feels way out of place. It's like God just unloaded a whole bunch of unnecessary drama into your life. We don't like that. You didn't expect, you didn't want it, but it landed there. And we have a hard time explaining to other people why we're taking the steps of faith that we're taking. Ever been there before? The people just don't quite understand your rationale as to why you're trusting God with your finances the way that you do. That why you trust Him with healing the way that you do. That why you trust Him with the security of your marriage the way you do. They don't quite understand why you're... Do what you do in the face of the faith that you profess. Faith can be cumbersome and awkward and people who don't understand it can happen. People won't always understand why you trust God the way you do. But that doesn't mean you can't continue to trust God the way that you do. Is that all right? Continue. I want to tell somebody tonight, continue to trust the Lord. Many people will trust God until it pushes them past their own sense of control, at which point they return to their own strength and ability, uncomfortable with the waters they just tested. I'm going back. Let me add this into the mix here a little bit. There are times when people, well-intentioned as they are, live out, and left field like they're trusting God. You know, living out in left field to get them out of a financial burden, but they don't want to get a job. Trusting God to get my bills paid. You working? Nope. That ain't faith. That's foolishness. I'm believing God to heal my body, to help me out, to give me strength, to give me good lungs, to give me what I need, to give me... Are you exercising? Nope. Are you eating right? Nope. You getting your sleep? Nope. That's not faith. That's foolishness. What faith is, is when you start to do something with God, when you begin to put things in motion, 
When you begin to obey, that's one thing God dealt with my heart in January for this year. God, what can I do in 2022? The Lord says, find better ways to obey my voice and you'll be all right. So true faith, if we're not careful, can borderline on foolishness. Here's a way to kind of get out of that, everybody, young people, everyone listening. The Bible says that in a multitude of counsel or advisors, there's safety. And you have a word of God. If your faith is challenged or you feel to do something that seems awkward or different, it might not make sense. If it does not jive well with the word of the Lord and doesn't settle well with scripture, it's a no-no. If your spiritual leaders and your, your advisors in your life say, you know what, that's probably not the smartest thing to do. I wouldn't do that because the word says this and my heart feels this way. That's a good thing to step away from. Never push against sound wisdom. Is that Okay. Because you can err on the side of foolishness when you think it's faith. But you need to filter that through proper wisdom and counsel and prayer to help you make the right decision. Someone said amen. Amen. When it comes to trusting God, trust him correctly. But when you're trusting him wholly and faithfully like Abraham, you will be taken past your limit of control. To a place that God has designed for one reason. To deepen your obedience and to trust his ability and his plan. The verse, verse 9 of Genesis chapter 22. The Bible says this. That when Abraham, when they arrived at the place where God told him to go, he built an altar and arranged the wood. You see, when the Lord showed up and they told Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son Isaac, whom he loved... To go to the place where God would show him, the next morning he gets up and goes a three days journey and God says, okay, it's right there, it's Mount Moriah. So this is where we kind of pick up the story. And Abraham's arranging the wood that he's going to sacrifice his son on. It's incredible. He builds an altar and arranges the wood. And then he ties up his son Isaac and lays him on an altar on top of the wood. Now, I don't know about you, and I talked about this with my wife. I don't know who impresses me more in this passage of Scripture, Abraham or Isaac. Abraham had to believe God, that God was able to raise him up if he had to slay his son. Isaac had to trust his dad's faith in God, that he was doing the right thing. Here's the, here's the catch here. We always consider maybe that Isaac is just some small little tiny lad that can't reason or have any rationale. Listen, if he was strong enough to carry the wood for the sacrifice, he was probably old enough to struggle against becoming the sacrifice. But there was an element in Isaac that he knew my dad walks with God. My dad listens to the voice of God at all costs. I'm going to trust what my dad is doing in this very awkward, very uncomfortable situation. And can I tell you something, moms and dads and grandparents? And this convicts the life out of this guy. That our steps of faith are not isolated incidences. That our little kids and our grandkids and our friends and family's kids watch and listen to the steps of faith that we take and take note of our faithful action in God. And you can't tell me that Isaac's life was never changed more than that day when he watched his dad do something he knew was very difficult to do. 
mom and dad, don't be scared to talk about the deep element of faith that you have in God to your kids. Amen? Amen. I love this story. True trust in God's plan impacts those closest to us. Verse 10 says this. So here you go. He's on, the, he's on the altar. Abraham is getting ready to really endeavor into his greatest element of faith as yet. He, he picks up the knife. I don't know what was going through his mind here. I'm really following through with this. I'm, I'm doing this. And we're like, wow, what a great story. He was living it. He was sacrificing. He was putting his hand to a knife and some of us can't pay our tithe. He was sacrificing everything for what God wanted him to do. Church, that's faith. But we kind of kick back a bit when God presses us on some measures. This guy is willing to sacrifice his own son at the word of God. Well, that went over well. He's getting ready to sacrifice his own son. Verse 11, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, he replies. Here I am. The timing of the voice of heaven was perfect and probably never sounded sweeter. Isn't it great when God speaks to you in those moments? Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me your, even your son, your only son. What I want you to consider today in walking with God through extreme measures of faith is this. Somewhere... Some way, somehow, between verses 10 through 12, God inserts the provision to the situation into a thicket. That as obedience and trust is being lived out by Abraham, the solution to his situation is considered and delivered by the hand of God. So as Abraham is acting out his faith, God is delivering the answer to his situation. God is ushering in a ram into the whole situation in order to provide Abraham what he needs. Let's continue. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket, so he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Amazing. Abraham's trust and faith enabled God to produce a great solution. The answer, the provision, the substitute for your son, Abraham, it is in the thicket in front of you. Abraham, I wouldn't leave you hanging. Church, he's not going to leave you hanging when you walk in steps of faith. He's not going to do it. 
He's not going to, he will not deny his own. He, you know, 2 Timothy 2 and 19, it's not up there, but it talks about he knows his own. It's an inscription on the foundation of our walk with God that God knows his own. And when his own walk in faith, he does not turn a deaf ear to them. As Abraham is performing the necessary steps of faith, God already had in motion a ram on the way to take care of what had to be taken care of. And I want to tell some one today God put that ram in a thicket ever been caught in a thicket I'm a woodsman kind of guy listen tell you what I've been caught in some thorny situations I feel like I know what a bug feels like stuck in a web you know they just hook on to you and they just it's all gnarly it's like I want to I don't want to go anywhere near that I think I'll try to avoid the thicket because I want to stay away from that. God put the answer to his problem in the thicket. God put the answer to what Abraham needed into a situation or to an area that a lot of people just would sooner avoid. You could say that God put the answer into a tangled up mess in front of him. Abraham, the answer to your problem, the answer, the provision, it is tangled up in a thicket just ahead of you. But Abraham, here's where it gets, here's where it gets me. Abraham, you're going to have to go retrieve it. And you might even have to wrestle with it a little bit. You might even have to get messy, but it's there in the thicket. It's not out in the open, and it's not going to run up to you and land in your lap. The answer to your situation is in the tangled up mess of the elements that surround you. And I want to tell someone today, right now, you're walking in faith. You're walking as best that you can. You're doing everything you feel you know how to do, and it's tough, and it's unique, and it's laborsome, and you want an answer, but you feel like you're still stuck in a mess. Can I say something right now? That maybe just like Abraham, when God put the answer to his situation in the thicket, he put it in the mess, that maybe the mess that you're living in, it might contain the answer to the problem you're dealing with. That the pain that you're suffering might provide an answer for you. That the thing you want to avoid like a thicket, the thing you want to get away from like a mess, maybe it's in the things that we don't want to go near or through or around in our lives that that is exactly where I need to go to get what I need from God. Abraham, I'll provide the answer, but I'm going to put it in the thicket. Church, I feel the Holy Ghost here. God's providing some of you with answers in your deep walk with faith, but you don't want to go in the thicket after it. He's providing you resources. He's helping you. He's giving you what you need. It's in a thicket. Let me say this. 
I'll take a little bolder approach. The mess that you're dealing with contains the necessary elements for you to get through it. Oh, wait, 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 Pastor Paul, I, you mean I got to work for this? You mean it's not going to just show up right in front of me and lay down and be at my feet? If he didn't do it for Abraham, if he made Abraham work a little bit to get that out of the thicket and to kill that thing and to sacrifice it in place of Isaac, do you think that he's just going to unload it in front of you and say, here, you don't have to work for this at all? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now that some of you are in a mess. Some of you have suffered loss. Some of you have suffered income decrease and you have health issues. You have relationship trouble. And I mean this as I feel there's a great attention right now on the spirit in this room. I feel to tell you this, that in the middle of your greatest struggle right now, in the elements that you would consider a tangled up thicket right there, God has placed what you need for you. Can you lift up your hands? Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Talking to somebody today in the spirit. Abraham, I'm going to provide what you need, but it's in a thicket. Can I tell someone right now, look at your mess differently? There might be hope in that thicket. There might be an answer in that situation. There may be a way out in that tangled up mess you call your problem. Right there may be what you need. To get you through. There are occasions. That the miracle you're looking for. Is smack dab in the middle of the mess you're living in. But God takes great. God takes great pleasure. Of inserting himself into. Your thicket. And into your mess. We want God to call us out of it. And God's like no I want to get into it with you. I want to step into your mess and help you in that mess because that's where faith is really, really elevated. If we were to look at the disciples' lives in Matthew chapter 14, verse 24, you've heard of the storm that tossed the boat back and forth. You heard about that. The disciples were in trouble, terrible fear away from land. A strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves about 3 o'clock in the morning and Jesus came toward them walking on the water. But when they looked over the side of that boat, they were looking into the wind. They were looking into the waves. They were looking into the thick mat of darkness at 3 o'clock in the morning, trying to make sense of what's going on. And who comes walking on the water? Who comes stepping into the thicket? I wonder where Jesus is. He's probably right out there in the middle of your mess. And he approaches them in the thick area of his situation, of their situation. You tell someone today, don't turn your head away from the problem. Look right into it because that's where you're probably going to find Jesus in it. We have the story of those faithful Hebrew children, you know that one. It's found in Daniel 3, verses 19 through 25, when these three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into a fiery furnace because of their faithfulness to God. King Nebuchadnezzar came to witness their execution. We know the story. He was stunned to see not three but four 
in the furnace that these three faithful Hebrew children were thrown into. And he is recognized, and he recognized the fourth man in the fire was none other than the Son of God. Talk about stepping into your situation. Where did you find him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? He wasn't outside the furnace. He wasn't waiting for us to get through it. No, no. He ended up being right there in the middle of it with us. Ooh, come on, somebody. You need to look for Jesus right in the middle of the heated situation you're going through. Hello? You, you need to start celebrating with God in the furnace of the situation. You may be going through a meltdown, but that's okay. He can help you in your meltdown. He's with you in the heated elements of life. Let's clap our hands under the Lord right now, Mission Point Church. He's with him on the water. He's with them in the fire. I'm going to come to a close in just a moment. You can come back. The way the Israelites thought they, when the Israelites thought they couldn't travel the way they were supposed to travel. That's a great story in Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 down through 16. You know, Moses brings them to a place, and they're all afraid because now they're facing an impassable situation. What do we do now? Moses gives the word to stand still. Watch God rescue you. What do you mean, watch God rescue us? Don't you see what's ahead of us? I certainly do, and I think that's God's intention, to take you right through the place you don't want to go. Have you ever thought about that? That God might not want to lead you around the mess, but take you right through it. To pull you through to the other side. To get you to where you need to be. The Lord said to Moses, pick up your staff. Raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Where are we going, Moses? Right through the problem. What am I trying to say? Quite simply this. A lot of times, the things we want to avoid, run away from, don't want to deal with are the places that contain the answer that we need. I tell someone today that just like God provided a ram in a thicket, He can provide the same for you. Just like the Lord walked on the water in a storm to the disciples, He can do the same for you. Just like he showed up in a fiery situation to help a few Hebrew children as they were just being faithful to him. As he showed up in their situation in the middle of that mess, he'll show up for you. And maybe, just maybe, the thing that's in your road right now that you don't want to have to endure, whatever that might be, that might be the exact thing that he wants to take you through. Can we all stand tonight? I want to tell someone, have you looked in the thicket lately? Have you looked into the situation? Have you asked God to change your perspective of the problem you're dealing with? And shape 
understanding in a different context. James writes this, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And then James says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let's lift up our hands tonight in the house of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I feel like the Lord wants to help someone understand that the situation that you're in is not going to consume you. The thing you want to transition out of and get away from and avoid is the very thing God wants you to go through. And when you go through it, you'll be transformed by it. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.